Have you been wanting to cash in on your belief? Literally get ready as we discuss how you can do that in this Reina panel discussion. You did it. You have found your judgment-free zone, the Her Dinero Matters podcast, a bilingual podcast for women who want to become reinas of their money and love their dinero more. I am your host, Jen Hemphill, a former extreme frugalist turned reina of your money advocate. Each week, I'm going to help you reign your money like that queen that you are with inspiring interviews and panel discussions from La Comunidad Latina and with solo episodes sharing simple, actionable tips and strategies. Thanks for spending some time with me today. And now let's jump into today's Dose of Money Confidence. Hola, how is it going, Reina? This is Jen Hempel, your host. You never really think that you can cash in on belief, literally. But the fact is that you can. Belief is what either moves you forward or the lack of keeps you stuck. So strengthening your belief improves your financial life and hello, more money in the bank. In continuing our conversation, I have invited Unas Mujeres who I thought could contribute to this conversation as a finale to this month's focus on belief. Before I do so, I wanted to make sure you are aware of the Cafecito Lounge, which is only available on the Himalaya app. There you get office hours with me, bonus episodes, PDFs, and you can try it for free with the code DINERO. The link is in the show notes and at the very end of this episode. Okay, now to introduce our fabulous Reina panel. We have Librada Estrada, who is a leadership coach, facilitator, and trainer who empowers women to shift their beliefs, embrace their unique leadership style, and increase their emotional intelligence to find fulfillment personally and professionally. She is a certified professional co-active coach known as a CPCC and an associate certified coach, an ACC. Prior to starting her practice, she was involved in public health at the national level for 15 years, working for national organizations representing counties, state and territorial maternal and child health programs, as well as local governmental public health agencies. We also have Daniela Banales, a tax and finance professional. She started in the tax industry over six years ago and began to develop a passion for helping local families learn how to get better control and understanding of their money. Just three years ago, she made a shift and got involved in the financial industry. And she's also a spouse of a retired Marine and focuses closely on helping out the military community who she loves being able to provide free workshops for so they can come and receive some formal education. And we also have Nicole Hernandez, who is a conscious entrepreneur, a certified hypnotist, and a speaker. She's the founder of The Pink Graffiti, a brand consultancy for hotels and wellness brands. She's also the co-founder of Latina Podcasters and the host of The Daring Kind Podcast. She helps her clients and listeners design and articulate resourceful narratives informed by neuroscience, behavioral psychology, journalism, and a little intuition. She has been featured in Success Magazine, Best Life, FemCity, Salon.com, PR Daily, and more. In this episode, we're going to discuss the different perspectives of what belief means, and it's a juicy conversation. 
We're also going to talk about and discuss how each of the Reina panelists experienced a lack of belief in their financial life and what they did about it, as well as their top lessons and words of wisdom on belief and why you should care. Lista, you ready? Vamos a conocer this month's reinas of their money. Let's do it. We are here with another Reina panel. I'm excited and thrilled to have three wonderful ladies, three Latinas, three leaders in our Latino community to talk about this month's theme. And the theme is belief. We're going to dive deep into belief. And I have here Danielle, Nicole, and Librada to chat with us about this. So Welcome, ladies. Bienvenidas. Thank you. Thank you. Now, let's start off with our first question. And that first question being, how do you define belief? Now, Danielle, we'll go ahead and start with you. Okay, awesome. Personally, I define it as just having faith and having that constant desire and that focus on what you want to achieve. Love it. How about Nicole? How would you define belief? I, in my work, I feel that a belief is really a core conviction that we have that something is either true or it's fact. True or fact. Love it. And Brada, what's your definition? So ideas are thoughts that an individual has confidence in and that they see as truth. Love it. These are, so they're all very related, but I love your own interpretation, your own really thoughts about belief. Thank you for sharing that with us. Now, Librada, let's start with you. You are a leadership coach. And so you see a lot of different things. With the work that you do as a leadership coach, what are some common areas that you have seen people lacking belief? I would say the, the one of the biggest ones is that they lack confidence, either in themselves or their ideas, or who they are as leaders. Sometimes it's whether they are old enough, because I do work with a lot of women who are uh, mid-level uh, professionals, and they tend to supervise older individuals. And so it's, do I have a, enough experience? Am I old enough to supervise these individuals? Um, but also around their value, their self-worth. Love it. So basically, lack of confidence, lack into who they are as leaders and their self-worth. And even their idea of success. Okay. Yeah. Because success, we all need to have just based on what we see in the media, everywhere we have, we feel like we have to compare to that definition of success, which I know all of us here today know that that's not true. <laughs> now, Nicole, with you being, you're, uh, you're a certified hypnotherapist. You're also a host of a podcast, The Daring Kind. And what you do, what are some common areas that you have seen lacking belief? Well, I would actually say that you know mine is really the same. I do see a lot of people that come in for hypnotherapy that have a problem with their own self-worth and confidence. And it's funny because a lot of that just springs from being a, a human. When we grow up and we're constantly looking to other people to guide us as to what to do and 
define what's good and bad. And so it's really hard as we become adults and we want to be ourselves and be authentic in our confidence. And we don't know what's ours and what's somebody else's. Right. I love it. Now, Danielle, you being in the same profession that I am in financial education and you help people with planning, what are some common areas that you see people lacking belief? Um, You know, I think that it's very similar to what these two ladies just said. And it's the lack of having confidence and having that lack of belief within themselves that they can achieve something that they're striving for. When it comes to finances, I think what gets to most people is just the fear of being vulnerable enough to ask and to reach out and to know who to reach out to. I think that, you know, the people that we love the most around us are going to be the people who are always going to have something negative to say or judge you. And it's it's really sad because if you can't turn to someone who you love and care about, then who can you turn to for advice? Right, right. Now, and I'm going to throw this out to the three of you and just chime in as you will. So we talked about where you see people lacking belief. So when we think about Latinas or our Latino community, granted, that's going to fall into play as well. But is there anything specific you feel or maybe not that is more relevant in uh, Latino culture or as Latinas, as mujeres? I would say that one of the things that I observe with the individuals, the women that I have conversations with, is the amount of family influence and this idea that if they choose to do something different, that their family will not support them. Or that's a huge hurdle because, you know, I mean, all of us, you know, it's our family's definition of what what we should be, uh, how they're defining success for us. And then that tension, because... I mean, let's be honest, Latina women, a good portion of us are taught to be, we have a huge value as a culture of of serving others. And that then gets in the way of us believing that it's okay for us to go after what we want, what I want. Right. Anyone else? Wow. I like that, Liberada. I like it too. (laughs) I would say minority inferiority. There's a sense sometimes with feeling like we are the second class citizen or a third class citizen sometimes. And there's a deep consciousness within some of us as we see our parents or grandparents or great grandparents have maybe are new to America and they have witnessed or experienced racism over time. And I think that can just really live deep in our conscious and creates a lot of belief systems that can inhibit us as we move forward in our lives. Absolutely. And any thoughts, Danielle? You know, I, I couldn't agree more with Librada. I, she hit it right on the head. I think that one of the other things is that, like you said, we don't have the confidence to go after what we want. And sometimes we're afraid of speaking up and saying, you know, this is what I believe. This is what I know that I'm worth. And it's that, you know, like you said, we are oftentimes the ones who are always taking care of other people, taking care of our children. And in the Latino community, we're always looking at the past generations, right? Like our parents and our grandparents and always caring for them. So when is it time for you to think of you? And is it selfish of you to do that? You know, it's not something that we're encouraged to do. It's always, you grow up, especially in a Latino family as a girl, and as the oldest of three, I was always raised to help out and take care of your brothers, help out and take care of your grandparents, help out and do this. But it was never about do something for you. 
what do you want to do? What can we do to help you? And I think it's interesting, especially being living here, all of us living here in the U.S., that with the different subgroups of Latinos, like I was born in Colombia, but I didn't immigrate to the U.S. because my father's American. I moved to the U.S. So I'm whatever I am, I'm not first generation, second I was just born in Colombia and an American citizen automatically. And I know, Librada, you consider yourself... I label myself as first generation. First generation. Okay. And then, Nicole, you said you were... Third. Third generation. And how about you, Danielle? First. First. Mexicana, Librada, Mexicana, Nicole, and mm-hmm. Danielle, también? Sí. Mexicana? Okay. So with, I think what's interesting is that within that, depending on how, how many generations in you are within the U.S., there's also going to be a difference, too, because the first, like, if you, know, if you just immigrated, like, I have an American father, so I was a really already a little bit aware of the culture here just because my father brought it to the family, right? And then with Nicole, you, you're third generation, so your outlook and how you perceive life is a little different, probably, I would think, than maybe Librada or, or Danielle, right? So I think it's interesting that as we go, as we, you know, we have kids and their second, third, fourth, fifth generation, how that's going to evolve and how you mentioned, uh, Danielle, that we aren't raised to, what are we doing for us? Like, maybe Nicole being third generation, she's already thinking that. Would you say that? It's different. I think my mother... And even my grandparents were very much of, what are you going to do in life? And I remember my mom used to drive us by these really beautiful houses in Dallas, like the very affluent part of Dallas. And she said, you're going to go to school. You're going to focus on your education. You're going to work and do something so that you can live here one day. And she was definitely, that was all about how she wanted her children to be in the United States. So it was very different for me. Absolutely. So I I find that fascinating because like I said, if you're a recent immigrant, your outlook and your belief, I think is going to be different because of your cultural values that you're bringing. And the culture evolves, right? As we are being, as we lived here and then me, a mix of everything. I, you know, it's, it's a hot (laughs) mess in here, but no, thanks. Thanks for that. Cause it just, I diverge from the conversation just because I find that fascinating. So we talked about what you've seen and the scope of work that you do. We've talked about a little bit more specific about Latina culture in terms of belief. Now, I want to talk about you individually and a time in your life where you noticed belief was lacking, more specific in your financial life. So let's start off with you, Nicole. Sure. So I would say in 2008, which actually wasn't too long ago, I was nine months into running my own business and I was still living paycheck to paycheck, even though I had really great clients. And it made me realize that there was a deep belief inside me that there was always going to be enough. There would always be enough money. But the enough meant that at the end of the day, there was one month where there was $2 left in my checking account. And yes, there was enough to pay the bills, but there wasn't more. There wasn't an abundance. And so I had to get really clear about where that came from. And also I had to quickly change it to a belief system around there is more than enough. And it actually became, I love money and money loves me. So that's what you did to strengthen it. So really Mm -hmm. more an affirmation type where you would 
you would think and maybe write or maybe say out loud? Or what did you do? There's a few things. So I started first by just understanding where my money beliefs came from and looking at my parents and the emotional resonance with money and my, my parents. So my mother was a spender. She loved to go charge on that credit card. And she was all about looking beautiful and wearing nice clothes and having great makeup. My father was the saver. So I experienced a lot of fighting in our household around money. And in a way, it kind of made me disassociate from being around, like wanting to deal with money. So I had to really look at that first and then look and find evidence as to how I was already good with money in certain ways. Like I had already set up an IRA, already set up an, a 401k, like those things I would, was taking responsibility for in my money. And then I think one of the other pieces was, I actually heard this somewhere else, but I changed my password to something that would support me in my money. So it's like, I'm not going to tell you what it is, but for you, for somebody else, it You're could not. be like, like, I'm on my way to becoming a billionaire or whatever it is. It's something that you do affirm for yourself daily every time you go to your computer and it just seeps into your subconscious. Love it. Love it. So you would say for you, Nicole, that what worked to strengthen that belief was the affirmation, I love money, my money loves me. It was something like that. You also dug into your past money story and how you grew up around money and you acknowledged your strengths around money, which I love, and then the password. So what were some things, was there anything that you did that didn't work? Yes. So I've certainly had my fair share of credit card debt along the way. And I think just setting this one-time goal to pay off credit cards and to get it out of the way didn't work. I would pay it off and then go back to recreating the same pattern because it was familiar and I like shopping. So <laughs> it started, that was something that didn't work for me was just to have the one-time goal of I'm going to do this and it's done. There was way more to it than that. Absolutely. I love that. Now, Danielle, let's let's go to you. What was one time? What was a time in your life where you noticed belief was lacking, specifically in your financial life? And what did you do? Oh, this is an interesting question. So I didn't always um, have a career in the financial industry. It's really interesting because I used to be in the healthcare industry, and as you can relate to this, um, being a military spouse, you know, we're jumping from relocation to relocation. And so oftentimes we have to sacrifice our jobs. We have to sacrifice our careers. And for a really long time, I did blame my husband for that. And so before we jump into today's content, keep your ears peeled for a unique reveal I'll be sharing midway through the show. It's something special just for you. Whenever we would get into situations where we were struggling financially and we were just feeling like you know, we're running around in a hamster wheel, I would place blame on him. And I would say, you know, I, I, I'm not making any money because I keep following you. I'm supporting you in your career and I'm letting go of everything that I've always wanted to do and achieve. So what I did is I took a leap of faith. Honestly, a friend of mine that I had just met here in California introduced me to a tax course. And as interesting as that sounds, right? <laughs> Who wouldn't jump on that? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. You know, at first I fought it off for a little bit, but then I figured, you know what? We left our home back in Chicago and we're renting that off. And the least I can do is educate myself and learn how to maximize our tax refund, right? So I went in with that mentality. And 
you know, poured out, emptied out my cup and just decided to just absorb something new and to educate myself. And at least I can do is just help myself get better ahead financially. And what I realized is that I didn't only just grow a passion for understanding taxes, but how it affects people on a day-to-day basis and how those little decisions that we make during the year that don't seem like a big deal, right? Like buying a new car or spending your refund on a purse or whatever it is, that they can ultimately lead you to either a greater financial burden or a better financial blessing if you know how to use that money wisely. And so what I did good, I guess, is that I went in with a clear mind and just willing to learn and understand. And it gave me that um, hunger to learn more. And so I decided to venture deeper into the financial industry to just not just help myself, but help other people as well. Planning ahead and better communication with my husband for sure was key to ensuring that we succeeded in that area. And no more blaming the husband, right? Because that didn't work. Was there anything (laughs) else that you did that didn't work? That didn't work was blaming the husband, right? So playing that victim mentality and just accepting that that's just the way that things work didn't work. So I, I suggest that whenever people are going through something like that, just look the other way and say, instead of saying, oh my gosh, we're in this situation again, say, how can we avoid this? And how can we get out of this? Let's take a look at a different look. What, what else can we do? Who do we ask? Where do we go? Find resources. Love it. Love it. Asking those questions. Sometimes we don't think we get so stuck in our head and that things aren't going right or nothing's improving that we don't ask the questions to shift that around. Right now, Librada, now with the, it's all on you. <laughs> what is the time in your life that you noticed belief was lacking and what did you do? So I've been a consultant for about seven and a half years now. And I would say that maybe about five years ago, five years ago, I realized that what I was telling myself around money is that it required a lot of work, or that it took hard work to earn money. And what that how that was affecting me is that when I was working with a client, I wanted to justify what they were paying, that I would, I basically was giving them so much more that I wasn't working, I wasn't being very good about these are the number of hours. This is what it equates to. It was, let me give you that and the kitchen sink and the bathroom and everything. Um, so it was affecting how how I was working, the number of clients that I was taking on. So even though I wanted to earn the money, I didn't have the energy because with a few clients that I did, I was overextending myself. So I really had to dig in and figure out, well, where is that money story coming from? And I realized that it came down to, for my parents, especially my dad, and also his idea that he was like, you know, solamente los ricos son los que ganan más dinero. You know, so if if only rich people are getting richer. And when I even thought about it further, I was like, you know what? I really did not learn about budgeting for my family. So having to get grounded in, okay, I mean, I was being responsible, similar to what's been shared, like I was being responsible in certain areas of my life, like paying off my student loans. I was not going to mess with that. Like those got paid off or, you know, house payments and such. But when I took a step back, I'm like, you know what, there are pockets here and there, but it would be really nice if the whole, all of it were at at a steady level. And I have to admit that what was a bit of a challenge is that my husband is really on top of it. And so 
I realized, you know what, I'm using my, it's not a hate, but just I'm like, I don't really like money, the details. I don't like the details of having it. And I was like, you know what, we're okay. And so what I've been more intentional about doing is actually inviting him to have conversations about, you know, 10 years out, what is it that we want to do when we retire? Or even for our children, we're, my daughter's going to be attending college in three, four years and asking, do we really want to push community college so we can be practical and save money and then switch over to this other? Or do we want to give her and my son this opportunity to go to private universities like I did? I mean, so so trying to be more intentional um, and planning versus waiting until the event is there. But then the other is that also at the time I was, uh, I don't want to say that I was the first professional in the family because um, my, you know, my brothers and sisters, they work, but I did not have the same lifestyle that they did. So financially I was in a better place. And so the other thing that I was buying into was, well, I have to support the family. And that affected some of the decisions that I would make. And even when I became a consultant, like I had to tell myself, you, it is not your responsibility to make sure that you have money in the savings account if something happens to the family. And that was really hard. To the family, not the direct family, your husband and kids. Extended family. Yeah, like my siblings, like if something should happen or just, you know, whatever. And that was, re- that was really hard. But I had to, that was a huge boundary that I had to set. So that was one of the other pieces is like, these are the no's. Now, so you would say, so the, what you did to strengthen your belief was basically to you, your realization of what you were earning versus what you were giving in terms of the time that you were giving, the effort that you were giving, and then going reflecting on where it came from. But you also opened yourself up to learning about uh, budgeting. And even though you didn't like the details, you started saying, okay, I need to learn more about the details. And you talked to your husband and setting the boundaries for your family. So what would you say that you tried or that you did that didn't work? Because I know you, you might have mentioned. Ignoring. <laughs> Ignoring. Ignoring. That's a big one. Ignoring. No, but yeah, I mean, um, having to just give myself permission to start off with, you know what, just go through and look at like the receipts with a credit card bill to so that you could start paying attention to what are you actually spending on versus just paying off the credit card and not really being intentional with, well, how am I spending this money? So just starting with a little win so that I could start feeling better. Love it. This has been absolutely fascinating. As you could see, I went on tangents because I wanted to ask more questions. So for the person listening, for the mujer listening, or the man, because we men, I I see, I hear you, I see you. (laughs) For the person listening at this very moment, what would you say are your best words of wisdom around belief? Take it away, Danielle. I would say, you know, never lose track and focus of what you're trying to achieve. I think that the reason why we lack belief is because we can't see a clear picture of what the end result is going to look like. So you stop fighting along the way. Never give up. Be faithful and know that if you try one thing, it doesn't mean it's the end of it. If it doesn't work, 
just figure out a different solution, but always, always keep focus on what your end result will be. Love it. How about you, Nicole? What are your best words? I think it's important to just know that your beliefs are not fixed. So if you have ones that limit you in your life, get rid of them (laughs) and choose better ones because it's really true when you do put on that filter of even having a better sense of beliefs to support you, your whole life can change very quickly. I mean, my whole life changed around money in 18 months because I've changed my belief around it. That is so powerful. And I was actually doing an interview recently and something that she shared just really struck me because we're taught about the attitude of gratitude that you need to write down what you're grateful for. But something that she does that is different is that she takes a moment throughout the day, maybe three times throughout the day. So not just in the morning or not just at night, like how I usually hear or I've done it. And she just takes a moment and expresses gratitude in the day. And what that does, it, it, you know, uplifts her and whether she's had a bad case of the Monday, spilling the coffee and all that stuff. But I thought that was neat. I hadn't heard it in that way. uh, Because I think that's a, a great also way to change your belief. Because if you can catch your thoughts, and boom, automatically in that moment, not wait till tomorrow, not wait till later, but in that moment, change it to something that serves you, that's changing your beliefs. So I think what you said, Nicole, is so powerful. They're not fixed. You can change them at any time. I love that. (laughs) That's a tweetable. (laughs) Danielle, how about you? What are your best words of wisdom? I mean, I'll leave it out. That's okay. I would say it's similar to Nicole that you aren't your thoughts. You have conscious choice. And it's being open to acknowledging what those thoughts actually are and then deciding okay, even though I have this, I can act different. Or yes, this is in alignment with what I do want. And so I'm going to continue to believe this. Wonderful. Well, Danielle, Nicole, Librada, this has been absolutely fantastic. I really appreciate you and what you're doing for your communities and coaching and the financial space and the podcasting, because also, Nicole, you, you're a co-creator of the Latina Podcasters Group. But I really appreciate what you're doing and the time that you took out of your busy schedule to join me today. So muchas, pero muchas gracias. Oof, that was an awesome conversation. And I loved having this conversation with these reinas because it brings a different perspective to belief. It brings different stories and experiences. And my hope here is that you are able to connect with at least one thing that it sparked an aha or a deeper understanding of you to help you in strengthening that belief. I would absolutely love for you to connect with. Estas Mujeres. You can connect with Librada Estrada over on Instagram at Librada underscore Estrada. And I will have the link in the show notes. All these links are in the show notes. With Daniela, you can connect with her on Instagram at Daniela.banales. And again, link in the show notes. And with Nicole, you can look up her website at thedaringkind.com. Again, link in the show notes. The reina of the week is Janet. She shared on Instagram how she was on her third week of the 52-week savings challenge 
and how she has saved $88, which she was ecstatic about. And I am thrilled for her. And I love this win because hearing this for you may bring one of two things. It may bring excitement or it might not bring anything. And if it brings a excitement, carry on. I love it. If it doesn't bring any emotion, I would love for you to ask yourself why. If you're finding yourself that thinking the number isn't enough, or even with yourself, like when you're looking at what you have accomplished, I challenge you to focus on celebrating the action itself that you take rather than focusing on the number of that financial result that the action brought, right? So if we focus on celebrating the action, it will lead to more consistent action. If you focus on celebrating the number, depending on what that number is, and it may change from time to time, and the meaning of that number is going to be different on whatever the goal is. But if you focus on the number and it's different, that may derail you. And I don't want that for you because it's not about the dollar figure, but really more on that action and the consistent action. It's kind of like jumping on the scale and weighing yourself. And day to day, your weight will fluctuate. And if you jump on the scale on a daily basis, and even though you may be doing the quote unquote right things and your numbers fluctuate up or down, and when they fluctuate up, that can derail you if you are thinking, oh my goodness, I gained weight. So focus on the action rather than the dollar figure. That's why I mention all the time that we celebrate all our wins, no matter how big or small, and focusing on that action rather than the dollar figure will help you again be more consistent and more consistent action will lead to bigger results in the future. And maybe tomorrow, or maybe in the longer run, depending on what that end result you want to be. So I want you to think about that. So just some food for thought. Now, if you have been listening all month, I want you to get real with yourself. And I want you to be honest with me. This month, we have focused on belief. And I want you to ask yourself, especially if you've been listening all month, what has changed for you in regards to belief? If nothing, why hasn't it? So my action task for you today is go to my Instagram account, Her Dinero Matters, follow it if you don't already. But more importantly, there is a thread waiting for you to participate in, which is linked in today's show notes. I want you to share with us what has changed with your belief or what hasn't changed with your belief and what you'll want to accomplish in your financial life. Of course, I'm not expecting a complete transformation already. I mean, it's just been a month. I'm hoping things have improved, but I'm wanting to see how to help you more in this area, what you are struggling with. So that way in the future, I know what else to add and Chances are, if you participate uh, in this conversation on Instagram, you will find inspiration in that thread. You will find commonalities. You will resonate with someone else's story and say, yes, she completely gets me. I'm feeling that way too. So definitely go to Instagram. There's two, but 
I want you to go to the Herdinetto Matters one. There's a thread there waiting for you. And I would absolutely love for you to participate in that. Next week is the start of a new month and it will be February, which is typically the month of what? Love, right? Valentine's Day and such. So we are going to be diving into loving your money. Now, if hearing me say that makes you a little sick to your stomach, or maybe it makes you feel guilty uh, because you've been taught that loving money is wrong, next week I will share with you, we're going to discuss the difference between loving your money and loving money, what it means, how that impacts your life. So if you are ready for more tips on direct actions, because I know I've been asked uh, about that, that you can take with your money, be patient with me here. There's a reason to this madness, if you will, because we talked about belief uh, this month. Now we're going to be talking about loving your money. You will be more effective in saving more, in spending less, in getting out of debt if you have that strong belief and if you are able to love your money more, which is what we will focus on this coming month in February. You feel me, right? (laughs) Okay, buenísimo. That is it. Eso es todo. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to tune into the show. You can check out today's show notes at jenhemphill.com forward slash 203. Definitely connect with our guests and refer to what you need to for today's show. Of course, they're just brief show notes. Remember to claim your reina crown, tu corona. You don't have to wait. And really what that entails is not physically going and getting a crown, but unless you want to, hey, whatever works, I've got one. (laughs) And really the point here is that to become and claim the reina crown, the choice is yours. It's in your hands. Becoming the reina of your money can start now at this very moment. You've got this. Tú puedes. Nos hablaremos el próximo jueves. I will talk to you next Thursday. Ciao. I love it. You are still here. Chances are you are loving the podcast. So I've got a really cool option for you. Join us on the Himalaya app where you can not only subscribe, but join the Cafecito Lounge. In the Cafecito Lounge, I help you take your weekly experience on the podcast a level deeper by providing you a space to chat, ask questions, take action, and go deeper on your own financial journey for only $7.99 a month. For more details, go to Himalaya.com forward slash Dinero, that's with a capital D, and I will see you in the Cafecito Lounge, only available on Himalaya. Himalaya.